been in cyber sleep for the last two weeks have we missed anything not much no no not really just i mean it feels like we should have done some episodes but we just decided to not do episodes well we did a uh, backstage at bluebird still that's not really a thing we did past uh, yes, fridays it... past fridays that's I'm not really a thing well i move that, that's, that's the thing that just you know every friday we join the family uh, uh, what are you talking about? My name tried is. To, tried to join in with uh, Backstage of Bluebird, the original Friday episodes. My name is Andrew Jones. I'm a cinephile. So don't, don't undercut me. <laughs> I'm Johnny Ellis. I'm Movie Mad. And I are, you movie? you. are you Movie Mad? I am indeed. So movie mad. a podcast in which I show you films and you say if you're mad that you watch the film or you're mad for the film. Like, you know, you know some sort of scouser in the rave era. <laughs> you're one of the 24 hour party people. That's, that's what we're going to find out. This is oh, I should say we're doing a Liverpool thing and movie this week. I am not doing a Liverpool thing. You're not going to do a Liverpool <laughs> accent. You don't think you can pull one off? I can't even pull off an Irish accent, and I'm part Irish. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> What's going on there? It's me, Stephen Graham. I can do every accent. Why <laughs> well, I see Stephen Graham pop up in oh, the trailer for recently? Oh, oh, let's play the quick game of uh, Stephen Graham. <laughs> He was in the trailer for something. Oh, um, there was a film that got a big trailer. Oh, Venom. Venom, Sorry, Venom, what? Venom. Uh, Let There Be Carnage. Is, is that oh, what he said? He said, Let There Be Carnage? Probably. No, he was reading Daily Bugle, I think. And everyone's oh, going that crazy. Was, that was him in that. I, you know what? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think It just so. looked like... It, I, I was trying to pick out who that guy was because he looked so weird. I didn't realise that was Daily, Daily Bugle as well because I was too busy looking at his face going, who is that person? I just figured it was um, Tom Hardy. I Detective Mulligan. It's me, Detective Mulligan. Then I play Mr. Wormwood in the Matilda movie. How many songs are going to be in that one? What, the Matilda movie? Yeah, how I many mean, songs? All the songs are great because they're in... Yeah, but how dimensions. many songs are there? Not nearly enough. Are we talking like enough. five? No, probably 15, I'd say. Seven? I'd say 15. You haven't seen the uh, Matilda musical, have you? No, I've only seen Groundhog Day. So, I don't know why I'm keeping up with this. It's really rude because we're doing this stupid shtick when I've got someone to introduce. We don't yes. usually have anybody here, but it looks like we've joined families. Are you going to introduce them in that accent? I'm not going to introduce <laughs> them in that accent, as tempting as it was to continue, because I really enjoy just letting myself slip into it. We have, for the first time ever, a guest who is hopefully going to be on the entire show. What? How does that happen? This is me and Johnny's time. Johnny, do you have time today? I, I have time always. When it comes to you, I always have time for you. But we've decided to invite the boss on for our return. We have. It's the, the big boss. I'm, I'm nervous. You're nervous? Please time for the George boss always. to the podcast, finally. Born in the USA. Oh, the other boss. All right. Hi, yeah. Hello. <laughs> no, no, we were saying um, boo to you, not Bruce. <laughs> ah. boo, to a goo- boo to a Bruce. Isn't that the <laughs> saying? A boo to like, a Brooks. That's the classic Bond film. Yeah, that's uh, what they did. They pulled the plug on him when he's uh, going on too long in a park in London or wherever he was. And they said, they no, Bruce. Plug on him when he's going too long in life, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. <laughs> yep. They'll probably You'll see just, me. He's, they'll... Right there. he's got his do rag ready to just put over his face. The same amount of audience as well as there was at the park when they pulled, the, pulled that plug. 
and they'll just say um, they'll all be just annoyed because uh, it'll be mid song. You're really going on about them. Were you at Hyde Park when they did that? Were you um, one of I the was twenty who were left at four a.m. Um, well, the last time I was at Hyde Park in a concert-related scenario was um, when the Rolling Stones were playing on a, in a very on a very hot summer day, and uh, I I wasn't at the concert, but I was outside in Hyde Park outside of the wall, um, and listening Pink to Floyd it. Play. Sorry, Pink Floyd were there as well. Um, I wish how I wish how I wish they were there, but um, I um <laughs> I uh, sadly um. Uh, you know, all, all in all, um, I was just another brick in the wall. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, well, you they're, they're... I know um, a great mutual friend of ours, Jonathan Sloman, would, would find a place in Hyde Park where you can hear the stuff. I think he did it for Paul Simon's supposed last concert as well. Was this is this the same area of Hyde Park he, where you were hiding? He was with me. Jonathan. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Jonathan and I had spent you, the you, whole you of that... Hanging out, hiding away, getting free music. How dare you? What are you, Spotify? <laughs> oh, we 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 um inadvertently recorded some of it on the microphone. <gasps> oh, we, shit. We, you are pirates. And here's that footage <laughs> now. Footage? Yep. Audio. Oh, It sounds weird with the acoustics. Right? It's, it's wait, so you, I, wait, were you recording a podcast? We we were re- recorded um, the entire day uh, walking around London, um, and that was back in the day when I didn't really have a decent sort of small recording system. So I was just lugging a massive bag with massive headphones and a massive microphone, uh, and we we yeah we recorded very much in the uh, arguably um, I'd recommend it's checking totally out. Ripped off by. <laughs> well, um, uh... <laughs> people on this, the other this... side of the wall. What's that furry thing in my head? Oh. <laughs> Oh, it was it was big enough for it was big enough for people on the street to turn around and sort of go, oh, what what are you recording? And we're like, nothing that you're ever going to hear. <laughs> um, but but I mean, it's as it turns out, uh, around the same time that we were doing this, because this was this must have been at least six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, um, that uh, you also had um, uh, Connor Ratliff and J D Amato recording, as it turns out, twelve-hour day podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so was this time that so you be the other twelve hours because you're living on <laughs> on like the London time, and you put it together I, and it's this perfect jigsaw. I would, I would uh, hopefully not like the film Saw, but yes, no, no, yeah. like the film Jigsaw, perfect spiral, the eighth, the eighth one. Yeah, we're not we're not opening <laughs> the book of Saw right now to get to the next chapter. We're just talking about one of the earlier chapters. Chapter well, eight. I. It's funny you should mention Jigsaw because I was pondering yesterday that I do strongly now believe that Geppetto um, from Pinocchio is Jigsaw, but without Jigsaw without the foresight, essentially. <laughs> now, okay, is he also Jigsaw without the foreskin? Do we know if he's cut? Because <laughs> he loves well, he cuts other people, so it just stands to reason. Does he cut himself? I, I mean, about. <laughs> I mean, on a, on a slightly more triggering level, I believe uh, if anyone has ever seen that Disney clip from the, um, I believe he's he he seemed very very in a de- very dark place, um, uh, Geppetto. Uh, in the um, uh, there's a there's a there's a clip that I I I must recommend uh, you check out where which I don't think is Disney, it on Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus, but it is on YouTube, and it's from one of their pageants, one of their Christmas pageants, and it cuts to him, an actor playing Geppetto, live action. Oh, so it's not actually Geppetto, it's an actor. It's it's an actor playing Geppetto. He's unrecognisable. 
Uh, well, and it's neither Leo nor Drew Carey, who apparently did star in Geppetto the musical in the 90s, um, which is a real thing. Um, oh, but, God. but but in in this one, you've got Geppetto reading a letter from his his son, Pinocchio, who's moved to America. Um, and, and he goes, oh, what do I do? You know, it's like, oh, my boy, I used to spank him. And, uh, and he's, <laughs> my boy. And when I used to put him in bath, he warped. I'm like, when did this happen? Like, what opportunity would he have had for this to have happened? Because as far as I can tell from the animated Pin uh, Pinocchio, Disney Pinocchio film, like within seven hours of him being alive, he throws him out the door and says, go to school, where he's subsequently abducted three times and is joined by a cricket who's meant to be a conscious, his conscience, but is actually an arsehole and makes it all about him. And then he, and then, and Perfect then at the very end. Well, I'd say. I, I would have that, that would have been very I would have been very intrigued to have seen um, uh, I'm very intrigued to see other versions of Pinocchio because also I, I don't understand how the fairy is gifting him with the with the joy of mortality at the end of the film. <laughs> like oh, it's a bit like cats. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Andrew has to mention cats in every episode because it's his favorite. Uh, every time we have a guest, so one of us has to mention cats. That seems to be the rule from last year when we did our two hundred episode about Hamilton. <laughs> that just happened naturally. But speaking well, of cats, any... <laughs> yes. Have you seen cats? Um, I haven't. I was hoping to see. I was hoping that it would be like an animated, pure, like properly sort of old school animated Disney's cats. Uh, and uh, oh, like Spielberg you know, intended. Well, with you know, with nice hand painted, drawn buttholes as opposed to CGI ones, you know, on on um, on the actors. I think that would have been more, uh, more more enjoyable for everyone. I would involved. like to have seen the artist who had to, you know, spend a day with Judy Dench going, okay, I've got to, I've got to do this. So uh, I've got the stencil ready, but you've got to bend over. Well, yeah. we haven't revealed what film we're watching this week yet, and I've just found out you haven't seen Cats. So hold on, I'm just going to change the uh, the lineup. Um, don't go on. Uh, don't go on our shared um, uh, Google Sheets for a second, Andrew. We'll just we'll just change change up. This. You have to understand. Johnny and I share an HBO Max account, and we found a way <laughs> to uh, change the profile pictures on HBO Max. So now my profile picture, for some reason, is Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, the cat from Railway Train, and my is Johnny what? Cash. Well, I, I, I was hoping, I was hoping um, uh, that you were going to say that the you you changed the character, changed the uh, profile picture to the character played by Christopher Lloyd in the um, in the classic animated film Food Fight. Wow, <laughs> wow! Now, wasn't he the head of the uh, Brand X Nazi regime? Um, I don't think they ever said Nazi. Yeah, but okay, right, uh, fascist. Um, I mean, they just like they just like their food. I mean, well, no, no, what they do is they like to make sure everything is exactly the same and any other kind of brand is taken out because they want to have full control. But they were I mean, replaced by the, uh, you know, the current local branded foods. Well, I, I don't want to spoil the tunes. I mean, but there are twists and turns, you know, and that Christopher Lloyd character. I do want to see. I still want to see footage of Christopher Lloyd recording his his um, in inverted commas lines. Um, uh, I think for... you'll find it's him laying down on a bed going. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I've oh, just oh. had a look at him. <laughs> Restraint, yeah, rest being being restrained. That's terrifying. Um, yeah, I I don't think I'd ever heard of this film before. I've heard of Food Fight, the film that was what a decade of animation. Jesus. 
Are you, are you adding this to the list? If, if you add this to the list, I will jo- I will join you in. I'll join in on that <laughs> that conversation. I'm not going through this again. Oh my god, Charlie Sheen. Yep. Eva Longoria. Is that the movie Forty Three? <laughs> I managed to get all these people in there that's... over ten years. Uh, yeah, that's, they, that's what they did is they just went and recorded outside Hyde Park and hoped somebody walked past and credited them. I've got a night shift on my own tonight um, after um, this, and no. this is all I'm going to be thinking of is this character. That's. Oh, he reprises. Doesn't he reprise the role in uh, the new film with Bob Odenkirk? Nobody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Food at you until you die. <laughs> it's. He's for, he seems to be getting a lot more work than most actors generally have in the last year. Um, I blame it on you know his excellent work in Going in Style, the Zach Braff film we all remember. Mm. That really that, that really broke his career out again. Is that the podcast one? No, that was uh, Alex Inc. That was Ooh. the sick. That was a sitcom. No, the movie was going in style, you know, with uh, your your usual frame of people. You have your Christopher Lloyd, your Michael Caine, your, your Morgan Freeman, your Peter Serfinowicz, your Keenan Thompson. Bro, Weird I cops. know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the opening day. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm that's a, a different film. film. <laughs> Do you know what else you saw opening day? Cats. Not this film, okay. <laughs> but we're not talk- here to talk about cats. We brought you here, George, to talk about LA Confidential because you know a lot about Los Angeles. Yes, indeed. LA Confidential or La Confidential, which is French for The <laughs> Confidential. Yeah. Um, mm. Well, mm. it's uh, so uh, without uh, delving into the film yet, but um, what I can certainly say is that um, it's. On a on one on the one hand, it's an adaptation of a of a fantastic um, uh, uh, noir crime uh, novel by um, James Elroy, and um, uh, it's it's uh, and of course, um, whilst uh, with those those type of novels as well, you do uh, manage to have um, quite a you know a good sort of variation of uh, the old school you know detective style tropes of that era, especially. Um, taking that and making that into a film um you can make uh, curtis hansen made full use of the fact that it is set in la and so there's a lot of opportunity especially um uh, a film that's uh, um i don't think it's spoiler to say it's a period piece because it's a it's a it's a noir um but it but it's but yeah it gives you it gives a director a great opportunity to go deep into the um the history of los angeles which is arguably uh, sort of burned twice. It's sort of the, the the light has burned twice as bright in the sense that it's it's a, it's a town that hasn't been around. It's a city that hasn't that isn't particularly old. So there's but uh, so much has sort of happened to it. It happened there in the last sort of you know over a hundred, just over a hundred years or so. Um, and um, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a fascinating. Um, is it aesthetic very aesthetically pleasing i think is my is my uh, my first uh, and and most broadest observation i can i can say 
And of course, the other reason we wanted you here for this episode is, of course, this is the Kevin Spacey film, and uh, you are famous for being and um, reading this. Uh, Kevin Spacey's number one fan, circa two thousand and eighteen. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, that's that's <laughs> oh, not I'm me. Sorry, no, uh, no, no, you're right. It was two thousand nineteen. It was after Let Me Be Frank again. <laughs> no, I, I believe the last thing I enjoyed him in um, <laughs> yeah. the Christmas special, the Christmas. Uh... Speech that he did last year. No, the well, was, the was, was it the award show he hosted after the fact? Or was I it that think... time when he was in uh, Italy and he was doing like a whistling opera or something? Yeah, now he... I know, I know, I know. We all like to like to riff. I'd like to state emphatically. <laughs> we all that, know it was but, nine lives. Um, it was nine lives. We understand. But uh, no, I no. Genuinely speaking, um, I enjoyed his work up until the point that um, I well, the the revelations came out. And uh, and it, and from what I can gather, it was an open secret in when he was certainly when he was over in the uh, old Vic in London. Um, and when everything. Sometimes. Well, I mean, when it when it all came, when it all came, uh, came to light um, and it was very much a case of, oh, 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 that's just, oh. Uh, and it's just it was that absolute deflation of, oh, OK, um, you know, and then and then, yeah, and then I haven't. I haven't actually watched anything he's been in since, uh, even retrospectively. I mean, because uh, he hasn't been in much since, as far as I'm aware. Well, he was in Billionaire's um, Boys Club with, um, um, let's see, uh, Taron Egerton, and is that uh, Ansel Elgort? Oh God! Oh boy! <laughs> um, well, all, all I know is just that um, I, I, I will say this: the only thing I, I've attempted to revisit. Um, out of curiosity to see how it would feel to watch it with that in with everything in mind was the first episode because also it was David Fincher and I was on a little bit of a David Fincher binge was the first episode of House of Cards mm. and I tell you what watching that again um, it's all there it, it, well it's it's very much okay I mean the thing is I mean obviously that you know that's that's based on uh, on a on uh, it's a reinterpretation of an already Machiavellian character who you know was originally portrayed by um, a prestigious uh, British actor, Ian Richardson, if I'm not mistaken, um, which in itself was based on a, a series of novels. But, um, yeah, you think, oh, oh, okay, he wasn't really playing much of a character then. Um, putting, putting a lot of himself into that role. Um, the thing is, the way I... The way, however, I can re-watch LA Confidential is um, look at his character and think, you know what? Jeff Goldblum or Bill Murray could have done this just as well, probably. And wait until word comes out from some of those people. Well, I think I think Jeff, I, I, th I think both both of those both, both Jeff well based their times, haven't they? Um, not prison I mean, time. I mean, yeah, no, but you know, especially Goldblum, the the accusations came out and that was quickly ignored. Did they? Oh, I didn't yeah, know about that. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know about it. That's how quickly it was like a quick moment of like, oh, no, there's some serious allegations being made against this guy. And everyone ignored well, it. So like, oh, I can't get it. We can't cancel Jeff Goldblum. Well, that's, <laughs> isn't the general rule of thumb now, though, that if you're in a Wes Anderson film, you're officially a national treasure. <laughs> isn't that the general is rule that, of is thumb? Is that what Roman Plansky is going for? It's like, well, he, he supports me. So if I can just get in there, do a, do a cameo like Rush Hour 3, then I'll be a national treasure again. Is Roman Polanski in Rush Hour 3? Yes. 
Oh dear. Yes, uh, <laughs> the uh, cancelled Ray Ratner put uh, the cancelled Roman Polanski give, uh, putting a glove on to uh, do a full body inspection on Chris Tucker in Rush Hour 3 as he gets to Paris. Huh. Yep. That's a film we can never go back to, which, I mean, obviously is a shame because it's one of the highest moments of cinema. <laughs> well, um, one thing I will say for sure is that, um, I mean, I one thing I one thing I did actually um, uh, one thing I actually a film that I've never seen, um, but I was interested to hear the soundtrack more than I was about the more than I was about watching the film, which was Baby Driver. Mm. And um and I so I, I when it when it appeared available to listen to online on Spotify and whatnot, um, I um I had listened to it, and there's a there's a remix of uh, Spacey's character, mm. um, and he uses a a very problematic word beginning with the letter R, mm-hmm. um, which rhymes with um, batarded, um, and it's um, and I thought that even. I mean that that I know that was in the script I assume but yeah, uh, well, well. I'm, I'm sure he wasn't ad-libbing that but um I thought that that just seemed like a a really odd thing to have in such a recent film I that I mean that must have been the most recent use of it in a mainstream film uh, that word and I thought that's that's uh, I don't know I mean, maybe I th- maybe maybe they I mean you know if you're going to get anyone to say it at least it was him I suppose yeah you know, is it, he's got nothing, nothing to lose at this point, because um, he's already a, a monster. Um, but uh, but yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that um, I yeah, I mean, um, uh, the bottom line for me about it is that you know, I mean, I I when I saw I saw Amer- American I was gonna say American Psycho, I saw American Beauty uh, at the cinema when it came out. Um, you know, I um, I I thought Swimming with Sharks. Uh, very very interesting film in fact swimming with sharks um i mean that's that's now taken a whole new that's now taken a whole new um interpretation because of all the various uh, allegations against because uh, that was based on uh, uh, the i mean well he well he's never uh, as far as i'm aware the director's never stated exactly who it was but a lot of people who knew the director and writer put the pieces together because he was sort of saying it seemed to be an amalgam of, of various folks but as it turns out it, it could have been you know any any of sort of 10 10 people um uh but yeah exactly so and and so to ha- so to, i mean that's that's now kind of double that's sort of become a double whammy of prob- of problems yeah. as a film there's, there's a lot of the the kevin spacey films which seem like uh, oh actually also everyone else this seemed to be bad as well and uh they all should be cancelled yeah, I mean, it's is, like you is there to work a... with a lot of people who are a lot of subject matter that's just like, oh, oh, this won't look good if anything, if one thing, one domino falls, everything's going to collapse here. Seven. Bugs Life. Um, <laughs> Bugs Life. Hey, yeah. Lasseter, man. Glen Ross. Um, yeah, Jack Lemmon was such a. I'm not going to joke about Jack Lemmon. Why would I joke about Jack Lemmon? He's the best. Well, I was, um... I was excited going into this film. <laughs> hey, look, okay, right. We, it's, <laughs> and now I'm just going to be The thing is, we have to focus on the fact that we are going to watch a Kevin Spacey film. I'm not happy. Yeah. I've, I've been avoiding doing anything Spacey-related, but this one, this one, you get Guy Pearce. Yeah, I feel like there's... You a, know, from uh, Mayor of Easttown. There's a big enough cast that he can just sort of... He can fall away when you've got yeah. the star of Bloodshot Guy Pearce. Well, one thing I will say, um, if if you're looking for, uh, 
the thing is, if if I said, um, Andrew, if I said to you a film that is set in uh, is a period piece uh, about detectives set in Los Angeles, which also includes Russell Crowe, there's at least one other film that is excellent um, right. that you could. Which one? Gladiator, right? Right. Uh, yes, yes, with yeah. uh, Jet. Uh, um, no, no, I'm I'm thinking more of the Nice Guys. Ah, yes, yeah. A film I don't ever remember existing. You, you, so you you haven't seen that? Uh, I was at the UK premiere of that film, <laughs> and I still don't remember it existing. He's not not a fan. Did not work. <laughs> I watched it three times in cinemas trying to make it work. You saw it three times and you don't remember it. Yeah, exactly. And I feel bad when I don't like. I've seen this. No, no, uh, I've seen it three times in the cinema. I watched it like five it. times overall. I still. Like, when people talk about something from that film, it's like, huh? Ooh. Oh yeah, that's what he did between <laughs> you know Iron Man three and the Predator. That's what Shane Black did. Oh well, I'm I glad you bought it. More. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought it back round to Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> um, but no, the, but but also the other factor as well is that, you know, if I, I, I wouldn't even have to stop saying Russell Crowe, I could also say another film that's, you know, I could say, oh, The Nice Guys also also stars Kim Bassinger, um, you know. And um, yeah, so if, you know, if you want, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that if anyone is taking uh the stand of saying i'm not going to watch anything with kevin spacey in but they want to explore the world of the the, the beautiful and strange uh, world of los angeles um as a crime you know in the as a period piece with a crime you know with a crime element um which in my personal opinion is isn't isn't too bad at all um and is perfectly entertaining and uh, and uh, it, which stars russell crowe and kim bassinger who are both in any confidential then you've got the nice guys that's that's what i'm saying i'm saying you've you've got now you've got a, an alternative that is spacey free basically um see i've definitely seen the la confidential at least once but i don't remember anything from it so i'm kind of intrigued going into this because i I feel like it's going to be sort of a murder mystery thing of something like they're investigating. Oh, you murder. think detectives are going to investigate something? Yeah, I think I think oh. detectives are going to investigate something, and um, we won't know the the full story until the end. What if we don't know the whole story at the end? Oh, what are you going to do? What like what what's in the briefcase? That kind of. Yeah, what what do you reckon is in the briefcase? I well, I've always said it's the diamonds from uh, Reservoir Dogs. Um, right, and uh, when we talk about the briefcase, of course, we're talking about uh, the famous film, The Briefcase. The Briefcase, yes. yes. Um, but That's no, a I'm, Jerry I... Lewis joint, wasn't it? I have no idea. <laughs> it was like, oh, this case, it's brief. Ga, 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 ga. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited. 20 minutes of him throwing a briefcase around and going, oh, oh, no. I'm excited to go back into this because uh, it'll be like the first time, really. So do you... Do you... Uh, do you both remember like the outcome of who the killer is or, or whatever the mystery is that needs to be solved? Because there yep. will be a mystery that needs to be solved. Yep. Okay. I might I might give you my little um my, my ideas as we watch the film. <laughs> I just remember, sure. you know, one of my favourite actors. Um <laughs> Well for me, uh for me, uh the parts that stand out, um there's a there's a fantastic documentary called Los Angeles Plays Itself, which has um yeah, two and always... a half hours of clips about Los of Los Angeles and films. And oh, you've got the 
Oh, you've got the edited version. Um, I, uh, it's, uh, yeah. I believe I, I, I believe my copy is about four and four and a bit hours. Um, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. Um, but the but there's a big part of it that that is more or less dedicated solely to the architecture that is demonstrated in the in the film of um, of uh, LA Confidential. Um, and um, yeah, so it's always it sort of tends to come at the forefront of my mind because of the. Uh, because of the aesthetics and and the and the real places that it's filmed, I mean it and and um, uh, as as that that video that wonderful wonderful video essay demonstrates over and over and over in its um, well two and a half to four hour cut um, uh, d- d- demonstrates how um, Los Angeles as as a character can be utilized uh, uh, incredibly well in in uh, in cinema and um, LA Confidential is a is a good example of that. It's just it's just because it's a city that you know didn't really exist until the early 1900s mm. and so yes yeah. its, its architecture is based around the turn of the century going into all the way up to the 20s theoretically mostly and so everything's mm. kind of stayed the same because they didn't need to revitalize the outsides and then a lot so of experimentation to the uh, union station and it's got that kind of nice visual style to it Yes. Yeah. The, the, the Dolby, which is a bit hidden away. Mm, like the uh, Dob or Dobly. Like the Dobly. Um, if you want to go for the Dobly. Um, <laughs> That's why we're doing our scars. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Dobly again. Um, yeah. Was, well, um, Liver Confidential would be a very different film. Um, but uh, but no, I mean, but yes, I would. I would say that. Around here, boy. <laughs> I'm I'm going to pretend uh, whilst rewatching this that um, the uh, in this in this version of Eddie Confidential the role of Kevin Spacey is being played by Stephen Graham. <laughs> I wish sometimes they would have versions of films which are just the uh, the understudies. Sure, surely now with although uh, again Deep that's Fate. kind of what uh, uh, Den of Thieves was, wasn't it? That was just like what if uh, oh we couldn't get Al Pacino, so here's Joe Butler. And we couldn't get Robert De Niro, so here's Pablo Schreiber. Oh. Um, but but surely surely um, in this age of deep faking, you could take any 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 um, uh, any actor who uh, or, or or anyone really who who is uh, arguably problematic. You could just potentially just replace them entirely through uh, through deep fake approval. I uh, so I imagine that some somewhere down the lines there will be a, a contractual uh, contractual aspect for all. You know, in the event of in the event of um, circumstance uh, uh, in which um, you 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 make our film uh, no longer um, well, basically preventing the royal taking the royalties out of other actors' mouths because of your behaviour on or off air, uh, off off the screen, um, that uh, we reserve the right within fifty years of 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 this film's release to um, re- replace you entirely uh, through you know, or or just the absolute paranoia of of um, of, of someone. They're filming. They they film two films at the same time with entirely different actors, so they always have the choice of of editing people out or back in if they want to. Um, no, it's just um, going to be Tom Hanks taking over every role. You just reminded me. Um, the director of Waltz with Bashir did a film called The Congress with uh, Robin Wright a few years mm. ago. Uh, she is yeah. She's playing herself, a version of herself, and she goes into she's gets this deal where she goes into a uh, weird studio kind of space thing and they just take her likeness and they uh, can use her likeness forever she's just like she's then like right 
now I I'm, I'll die, but whatever happens to me, you can use me forever. I will forever be able to be in films. I will never need to go away. And that's what you just spouted. You've just spouted a film that already exists. So well done. Robbing we're, copyright. We're, 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 we're breaking through what's already happened, which means um, the world is breaking in on itself because that was a satire. And now you're saying, hey, let's go whole hog into that. I mean, I don't want, I don't, uh, you know. Oh, you don't I, want I, that. You I, don't want, uh, you know, uh, Gene Kelly to dance around a Volkswagen. I mean, I don't want anything to be worse than it already is, um, which um, which is unfortunately unavoidable. Um, but but yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want anything. I don't want uh, anything in the world to be even more depressing uh, than it than it already has been in certainly in the last uh, year or two. Um, but uh, but you know, um, there are, you know, I'm I'm optimistic. Um, I couldn't tell you why or how. Um, but by saying it, it sounds it sounds like I mean it. So I'm going to run with that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean that's a good way to get ourselves prepared to head to LA. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever um, be. Uh, I will be. <laughs> Hang on, because I had the DVD lined up, but I'm going to get did Amazon Prime. So in case yeah, you should like... do Prime because that way it's going to be you know the same time because DVDs. Hey. They're one frame extra, which means we go out of sync very quickly. Uh, that, that would explain a watch along that failed miserably with a friend of mine a little while ago. But then it turns out that they had were watching it through the PS4 and had it on 1.5 speed. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way of doing it. I like to watch films like that. I, I just uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of 1.5 speeding films at the moment. Well, I, I just got the impression they just didn't want to uh, do the watch along with me. So they were just... Being polite, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly why it's it's it, yeah, to get it over and done with, so you can say, Oh, I've watched you know, for me, Carlos the Jackal the entire <laughs> six hour experience. Is is it Carlos the Jackal six hours? Yeah, the three part version. Oh, I haven't heard yeah. that. Yeah, it's uh, it's long, and uh, Edgar mm. Ramirez's dick is uh, not long in that film, it's shown well, a lot at its small. So weird speaking Boys. of dicks let's watch a kevin spacey film well i thought you were gonna do detectives come on um, um, you had it lined up there <laughs> right let's, let's book right. a flight to la they were three cops who had nothing in common. Freeze! Big V, what are you doing here? Hey, you know me, I'm keeping the streets safe, boys. One would do anything to get ahead. You're truly prepared to be despised within an apartment? Yes, sir, I am. One had his own brand of justice. How's it gonna look in your report? It'll look like justice. That's what the man got. And one loved the spotlight. What exactly do you do on the show, Jack? I teach Brett Chase how to walk and talk like a cop. The Night Owl Massacre. This is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution. Six victims. One of them, one of our own. Interrogations will be led by Lieutenant Evan Exley. I need some backup. Come on. All right, Collins boy, I'll help. Now, all of them are faced with solving one case. Don't move! I want confessions, Edmund. Oh, I'll break them, sir. These people are all in the morgue. And someone has to pay for it. There's something wrong with the night owl. I just can't prove it. Academy Award winner Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, James Cromwell, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito. L.A. Confidential. I mean, I'm intrigued that the uh, that the customers who watch this item uh, oh, yeah. 
also watched King of New York, The Two Jakes, The Getaway with Alec Baldwin and Kim Bas- Bazinga, uh, Amer- American Hustle and The Fugitive are the main ones that sort of pop up. Okay, there's a couple of good films there. Mm. Or Heat, I mean, yeah. yeah. Another uh, interesting um, architectural approach to uh, crime cinema. What if sparse Los Angeles? Well, I, downtown, I mean, baby. Something they also comment on um, in Los Angeles plays itself is like how the um, uh, the artist that uh, Robert De Niro hooks up in that film, like how she could afford on on an any wage working in a bookshop to be living with a view like living in an apartment with a view like that in that film. <laughs> it's like it's like that doesn't make any sense. Um, this is usually the part where I would ask where what, what was the first time you saw LA Confidential. So I've got two stories to hear. Who wants to go first? I go first. Mine's not interesting. Oh, <laughs> okay. BBC One, late night. I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. I like that kind of thing. I've heard about it before. It's an eighteen, so I'm not sure if I want to watch it yet because I'm like twelve or thirteen. I was like, well, I'll give it a go. This sounds like an interesting thing. And I watched it. I thought this was interesting. I like the architecture. Yeah. I like the locations. I like the landscapes. I like the feeling of it. You're right about the um the city city of LA being the character in itself. I do love uh, that. I just I love say being... that. I no, say sorry, that. George. I'll say. Oh, Good. I, yes. I would never yeah. say that. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, how about you, George? Uh, first time you saw uh, LA Confidential. I believe I had rented it out from my favorite VHS store known as Primetime Video, located near uh, arguably a, a perfect location. In fact, it was um, the VHS store was uh, uh, within about a one minute walk from the nearest train station. Next to it, you had a, um, uh, an Indian restaurant, a uh, off license, a news agents um, and uh, at a pub. And I just thought, you know what, I could I could live here. Uh, and I. <laughs> And I tried to. Uh, so when I went, so I used to go to the this VHS store, and um, I uh, yeah used to I I rented there until they sadly closed down, um, and um, I remember renting out uh, LA Confidential, um, and 1997 was a pretty solid year all in all um, when you consider sort of the likes of say, uh, when VHS was sort of popping up. So this would have been sort of 98 around 98. I imagine I would have seen it because. Um, but when when certain VHS tapes sort of popped up, you kind of had the likes of say like the Big Lebowski. Uh, for me, as a David Lynch fan, uh, Lost Highway. Um, I discovered a film there, also from '97, that had just come out at that point. Nowhere by Greg Araki, um, and uh, Lolita by um, uh, David. Uh, oh no, no, this was the <laughs> Jeremy Irons one. The Jeremy Irons or David Lynn? No, not David Lynch. Uh, Peter David uh, Adrian, Lynch. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Line, Adrian Line. Who? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so it was. It was an interest, very interesting year for cinema, and, and uh, very interesting for me to discover certain films on VHS in, within that following year. And um, yeah, I remember watching it. Um, I would have been. No, we're talking about the LA Confidential. Yeah, I <laughs> not it. Not it. Oh no! Well, it, it, it. I. Uh, it's a whole other story. I recorded that off the telly when I was six years old, and it was on two parts over two nights on BBC. Um, away from Tim Curry, you're like, oh, I love him and all the stuff I watch. I want to see him as a clown? That's great for kids. I was, I was more distressed to, 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 to admit that I saw Tim Curry for the first time in the film Annie. Uh, 
because um, oh, wow. I grew up in a musical theatre world. Um, so, you know, uh, relentless, relentless uh, performances. You we have a problem. <laughs> Tim, Tim Curry going, easy street. And, you know, and um, Bernadette Peters, not Bernadette Peters, uh, Carol Burnett uh, going, Carol Bernadette Peters. Ca- that's pro- <laughs> ah. I did not know that Tim Curry was in the original Annie. I've only ever seen the uh, the remake. Called Roger Nate Wallace one. Yes. Well, yep. and Albert Albert Finney playing Daddy Warbucks. Oh, he's no Jamie Fox. Yeah. Did Albert Finney have a Netflix show called Dad? You're embarrassing me. Has anyone um, watched that? <laughs> no, I don't think Jamie Fox has watched it. There's an after party for it, so someone had to watch it. Good. Well, yeah, career. Well, it, it would have been better if Albert Finney was uh, playing his role from Miller's Crossing in Annie. Um, Funny if he was playing been... his role of Skyfall in Annie. <laughs> He's like, I'm not Sean Connery, but I'm pretending to be. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. I need to investigate that. Um, although, having said that, um, I mean, my, my, my affiliation with Albert Finney um, got more complicated when he was in um, uh, in Dennis Potter's uh, karaoke uh, uh, drama series, the final thing, one of the final things he ever did. I say one of the final things because it was alongside Cold Lazarus, and Cold Lazarus was a, was a sequel uh, to karaoke, and karaoke was shown on BBC, and Cold Lazarus was shown on Channel 4, and then the repeats were vice versa, and it was like something that very, I don't think has ever happened since or before then, it where it was shown sense. Yeah, well it was it was stipulated in his will because he'd worked for both companies, and I don't know the exact reasoning behind it but I believe that's uh, that's why Anyway, Ellie Confidential <laughs> um, But yeah um, I remember um, I remember wanting to then um uh i was I, I remember being excited that that there was this world to explore after that and what i what i'd like to find with film with films that have struck a chord with me um i know that they struck a chord when i want to know everything about it i want to know what it's about i want to know what, like uh, the backstory behind it i want to know if it's based on anything that's true i want to know if there's any like books to to read that are, you know that it's based from whether it's an adaptation or whether it's a case of looking at um you know oh this character was based on this real person or anything like that yeah. so I um I remember buying um I've got um the Dudley Smith trilogy I've got I've, I've got it in sight of me and I can tell you that um the bookmark I, this this will date 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 it when I bought it the bookmark uh, that's sort of tucked um, embarrassingly early in to the to this massive tome is um uh, is a green cardboard bookmark from um, uh, Virgin Megastore. Oh wow. Um, Okay, so that, that's worse than mine. <laughs> so that that would have been from uh, that would have been from the Virgin Megastore in Bromley. Um, Pretty savvy. But that's the thing. They they James Elroy. Um, you know, I think like with any decent crime, uh, sort of certainly sort of film noir. That it, it's not the only one of its kind. It's you know it's it, you know it's the like of sort of Raymond Chandler or Dashiell Hammett, where you've got recurring uh, main characters. And Wait, I love. Hammett. Dashiell Hammett, yeah. He does all those impressions. He does announcing for uh, Saturday Night Live, right? Lauren Michaels. <laughs> um, Elon Musk. That doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Oh, did you right. hear how he did it? Elon no. Musk. Yeah. They should just get Matt Berry to do that and have done with it. And then, then, of course, Dakota Johnson came out and said, Ellen, that's not right, though, is it? <laughs> Wait a few years when he has to announce uh, Elon Musk's uh, daughter. Jar 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 Jar
<laughs> oh, Addy! Little orphan Addy! Jar Jar Binks Spit now in his... Jar Jar Binks now in his fifth marriage. <laughs> That's what happens when you get into politics. You kind of stop focusing on your wife and your family. You go on your career, didn't you? Mm. Well, he, oh. Jar Jar was very quiet in... Um... In uh, in the uh, in the later in the later appearances, he voted uh, for mm-hmm. you know complete powers during wartime council, and then he just shows up to a funeral and doesn't even speak to bloody anybody. Like, what are you well, doing I... here? You this is the death of your former queen turned co senator. You don't have anything. To, you don't have a statement to put out there. What mm. the judge? You're the Andrew Yang of this industry. Well, I, I want to know things about you know, you know, <laughs> pro Zionist problematic situations going on with the Gaza Strip. You weirdo. I, I'm I'm waiting for the day that um a a uh, a historian professor or you know history professor or someone who's written a, an abundance of of uh, incredible. Uh, uh, his, history books in, the, in sometime in fifty years from now, um, legitimately uses the analogy of someone being someone in history being the Jar Jar Binks of World War Two, um, <laughs> as a, it, it, as a sincere con- you know contextual thing. Um, but um, but yes, Ellie Confidential. So there's that. <laughs> so, I, I, like, I like I like the bold nature that you only think that there'll be a Jar Jar Binks of World War Two, and we won't. You know, we'll, there'll be a Jar Jar Binks in World War Three. Oh, oh yeah, there's a lot of but, lanky, clumsy folk out there who'll be drafted. Well, first we'll take Manhattan, then we'll take Berlin. Um, is this Jason? They sentenced me to twenty years of boredom. Uh, Leonard Cohen. Um, oh, I'm glad you had to tell us that because that voice impression. <laughs> well, I, I'm t- I, I take. Let's face it, you're no, you're no Dashiell Hammer. Well, I take it. Uh, well, I mean, you know, we're all familiar, of course, with Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, and Bob Dylan uh, supergroup, the Foghorns. Um, you know, oh, where uh, I where really they, want that. Where where Tom? Is where they all team? In the movie version of that one, please. Tom Tom Waits turned up and went, <laughs> and then Bob Dylan was like, gentlemen. <laughs> They're the ones in the moon, in the press. Or uh, trouble is, is that when I try and do a Bob Dylan impression, if you're trying to kind of do, if you're trying to do like sort of, and I'm not saying it's good, but I'm just saying that if you if you're do, kind of doing 60s, 70s, you can more or less be like, but it's the same with Leonard, it's, it's the same with Cohen, Waits, and Dylan. That if you kind of like chronologically speeded up their voice over their career, they all get deeper. So then by the time you get to sort of 80s, 90s Bob Dylan, and by that I don't mean his age, I mean the decades, <laughs> um, it sort of starts to sound more don't like Marlon Brando. Well, it's well, well, golden ears. Marlon Brando, sort of, which is more sort of like, <laughs> and it's always the sighing, it's always the, <laughs> you have to depress. We got, we got to save the family. Uh, the day of my daughter's wedding, you know. Uh, uh, like young Al Pacino doing Brando. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 uh, I can't do it. Al Pacino doing Marlon Brando would be something like... Um, the young Al Pacino, not, 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 a, not 70... Not, not, there's an landlord! Um, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, anyway, um, so... Is that you a know, from Rent or something? Which one? Or Rising Damp. Absentee Landlord. Rising Damp. You know there was a disco version of the song Rising Damp. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about Rising Damp as a song. Oh, it's on. It's on YouTube. Rising Damp, 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 Damp. It's, it's not bad. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh. Andrew, there is a location that you've been to. Um. Uh. In 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 LA Confidential. Oh, is it, is it? Sorry. Is it? Uh, is it the? Uh. The city known as Los Angeles? Because I've been there. Even more specific than that. Oh boy. Really? Uh, it's it's the when... country that Los Angeles is in. America, you've been there. Oh, I, I don't know if I've been to America. I've been to Los Angeles. I don't know if I've been to America. I've certainly <laughs> my, never been to me. My, my well, my favorite uh, my favorite bar in the world, Bordner's. I didn't realize until today um, that the scene where uh, James Cromwell, Captain Dudley Smith, is um, giving Bud Russell Crowe his badge and gun back, bloody well recorded, uh, filmed in. Uh, Bordner's, my favourite bar. I love the idea of just recorded. <laughs> you, you destroy the cinematic, you know, experience. I call it saying something it's recorded. <laughs> recorded on the HD, like all its famous predecessors, like uh, Rainbow. Recorded in front of a live, drunken audience. <laughs> directed Rainbow, directed by Bob Hoskins, starring Daniel Ackroyd. Daniel Ackroyd works works as a great double bill with Gooby the Bear. <laughs> And food fights. Okay, but what what about the oogie lovers? The the nudie lovers. The, the oogie lovers. <laughs> we're all nudie lovers. We're all nudie lovers. Look, let's face it, we're all nudie lovers. But uh, are you an oogie lover? Keith Ogler. I don't, I don't know what we're talking about. The oogie lovers was a, uh, a a kids film that came out in the last decade in America that was specifically designed for kids to get up and dance and interact with the film as if they were shouting at the screen. That was its oh whole God. thing. Made by Kiss. Yeah, yes, yes, a Kiss film, I believe. I, I genuinely thought you said it was a it was a kids film made by Kiss. Hey, everybody, it's me. <laughs> How far can you get your tongue? Oh, well, I'm just here to go and say action on the Ugglers. Hey, kids, let's put permanent makeup on you and see how long your tongues are, <laughs> and then we'll send you off to Juggalo Camp. Mm. To be fair, we could easily be describing uh, the 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 Juggalo fans because they sort of wear makeup and go bleh probably yeah but uh yeah these kids don't have uh fago sprayed upon them at all times hopefully mm. unless their parents are really bad but their parents must be really bad if they're taking them to go and see the oogie lovers opening I... weekend because when you were saying that, all i was thinking of was oozy lover which is from the day to day chris morris <laughs> which contains an abundance of swears which i can't repeat here and also mud the far cuss <laughs> and, and and also and also arguably has its own problematic thing in retrospect but anyway did he do the blackface in that? yeah really oh god yeah. i mean it's it was you know it was bbc2 i couldn't remember i couldn't tell if the, it was just picture quality was the darkest <laughs> image it's well, very I genuinely quick. can't tell it's very quick and it impacts you with the song, which you know, yeah. which gets your attention, but it distracts you away from the fact that yeah, that that is a thing oh, that yes. happens. Um, in the same field as Ted Danson. Yeah, he is. Um, Tom Morris is in the same field as Mr. Mayor. <laughs> have you have you ever considered doing what uh, the film? <laughs> doing doing, the, doing film. the entire run of Mr. Mayor. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's was, talk Holly Hunter. I was thinking Made in America. Gosh, I love Will Smith. Um, wasn't and Made in to America? To be fair, it is Millennium. We are in is... the Millennium. <laughs> Wait, isn't Made in America Ted Danson and Whoopi Ted Goldberg? Danson, Whoopi Goldberg and Will Smith. And it opens with a surprisingly catchy um, uh, song by Paula Abdul called Go Away. Why don't you just go away? <laughs> Why don't you get away, get away, go away, get away by Mark Cherry. 
I remember. Well, all I did, all I remember is re- um, when LimeWire was a thing. I remember trying to find that song because <laughs> that it was it, it was an earworm in my head after renting out the VHS, and I was like, "Oh, this is the one thing I liked about that film." <laughs> I'll uh, I'll see if I can track down that song. But then again, you know, I had a crush on Paula Abdul back in the day when um, uh, back in the day when she was dancing with uh, some uh, some animated cat. Wait, wait. So, this this cat is it some sort of master of ceremonies? Uh, maybe it was a, a man and a woman and Can an I ask animated cat. About the, this master of ceremonies, this cat that's a master of ceremonies, was he be able to be speaking fast, or alternatively, was he into um, fecal based enjoyment and kink? Are you talking about Phil Silvers again? I'm so confused, but I know we're talking about cats. We're talking so... about MC Scat Cat. We're talking about the MC Scat Cat. <laughs> Are we talking about Catman Scrothers? I meant Catman Scrothers from uh, The Shining. I mean, to be fair, if Scatman Scrothers came into uh, Spoilers for The Shining, by the way, if anyone hasn't been around for the last 40 fucking years. Um, so I guess Spoilers but... for Doctor Sleep, if anyone hasn't been around for the last year and a half. <laughs> yeah, which I got finally got around to seeing uh, not that long ago, and um, that was, was right. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, that's a kind way of saying it... doesn't need to exist. <laughs> I think I, I think I, I'm going to go with Johnny's assessment. It's fine. It's yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's it's all right. If you like The not... Shining, maybe you like Doctor Sleep. <laughs> I made the mistake of going to see it in the cinema, despite the fact that I don't like a standing. No, that's not fair. I like Doctor Strange Love. And. Um... No, I don't know who he is. Barry Lyndon. I don't know which one Barry Lyndon is. <laughs> oh, Basil Basilil. We went Basil to a screening of Barry Lyndon at, at the, the BFI. Uh, BFI. You know the uh, the NFT one where they hosted the Oscars for the UK, except for Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was an there was an interval, wasn't there? Yeah, there was an yeah. interval. And it was in the interval. Uh, these two old ladies sat near us. Oh, one of them, one of them turned to the other, and she's like, "Which one's Barry Lyndon?" <laughs> Which one's Barry? <laughs> um, and we were a good couple of hours into the film at that point. Into it. It's I, pretty obvious. It, well, here's the thing. Um, I, I've actually completely contradicted myself because I was making a joke about anyone who hasn't seen The Shining. But um, because Stanley Kubrick is not expected to make any more films uh, in his career, um, it's the, Barry Lyndon is, is the one film uh, that I've held back seeing of his filmography because it's not like it's you can you know like you can see so old david fincher is um you know going to release a new film uh, okay well i've seen all of his films now so oh okay it's gonna but with stanley kubrick in particular um i have put i've got a copy of it but i'm, I'm saving it i'm because i know that when i've seen that no you know there's no more there's no is more of his I, I held on Last year, uh, every every year, I uh, do a Tony Scott Day. Right. On the uh, day of his passing, I celebrate mm-hmm. his... And last year, I finally watched uh, The Hunger and Revenge, which are the last two films I'd never seen of his. So, yes, no more films I've ever seen, I've not seen before. But I held off, like, what, eight years? It's The, the Hunger. Now, that's the Bowie vampire that's film. That's the David right? Bowie vampire film, which is weird. My Did you believe parents, David Bowie was in a weird film? <laughs> I I have a um 
I have a work print copy of that somewhere, or 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 like a, a copy that was released is, before is it the film. Somehow came... even longer, despite the fact that it's too long already. It it might be. Does I, I feel lack of sense. My my parents, my dad knew someone who worked on it, and they gave it's them like fun. a copy before it went out on cinema, but it was on VHS tape. So sure. I don't know. I mean, it was released before the film came out, but it's um, I've got that somewhere. So yeah, I'll have a I'll have a look out for it. But um. But yeah, no, I mean, there's not many. I mean, and 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 um, bringing it bringing it back round, I suppose it could be the same with Curtis Hansen now, because obviously he's not going to make any more films. So, no, his last I mean, film we... was a uh, surfboard drama starring Gerard Butler. Which, if you want to go out on a film, a Gerard Butler film is not a bad way to go out. Yeah. I mean, is it is it is it as good as or better than John from Cincinnati? Look, they don't dump out in this one. Hmm. I was, um, I'm going to go and take a big old shit, he says instead. Classic, classic butler. I was looking at the, uh, the Wikipedia page. Shark. I was looking at the Wikipedia page for um, LA, LA Confidential. Because I, you always, I, I always tend to find something interesting in the development casting and whatnot. Right. But I, I completely forgot back in October. Do you remember they announced or they revealed uh, Brian, he- Brian Helgeland uh, confirmed a sequel was in was in active development before Chadwick Boseman passed. Really? Yeah, he was going to be playing uh, a young cop named James Mun- Muncy, and uh, Crow and Pierce would have reprised their roles, and it was going to wow. be set in 1974. I would Ooh. definitely watch that shit. That sounds gold. Yeah, I don't know if they're carrying on, if they're going to recast or something. So. What, what was the title? What was the ti- suggested title? Was there, or there wasn't uh, one? I don't know. It doesn't say here. Um, it was uh, Marvel Studios Black Panther Two L.A. Confidential. <laughs> well, uh, Electric Boogaloo. No, but the the only the, the weird thing is is that um, because uh, because James Elroy is still writing in that world um, all over the shop, like all different decades and all sorts of things. So even though I've got the Dudley Smith um, trilogy as a as a sort of a big sort of omnibus book, um, there are plenty of other books by Elroy that are all set within that same world. Like there's references to. Uh, you know, in, in some uh, books, I believe there's certain characters who are minor characters in LA Confidential who are better, you know, who have bigger roles in other books. And I, I, I love those kind of things. I mean, like I was um, granted, it's sort of not the same kind of impact, but um, uh, arguably, I would argue that, uh, for example, Brett Easton Ellis, a, a book, um, yeah, a book that's better. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> it's just a gut reaction. Sorry. Well, well glamour, Glamorama is, is uh, in my opinion, the best of his books. Um, but what makes what I found was interesting that I previously read American Psycho. Um, uh, I'll do it for you. Um, and, um, and, but what I like, what, what I found really interesting about that was that you've got minor characters from, um, I believe there's references to rules of attraction in less than zero, but, uh, yeah, one of the main, one of the minor characters from rules of attraction is the lead role in, um, in, in Glamorama. Um, and there's, I mean, that's, that's a whole deep dive of weirdness because Glamorama is arguably the only film that hasn't been adapted from a Brett Easton Ellis novel. And after Rules of Attraction and the unfortunate circumstances regarding Roger Avery, um, they had actually filmed, I believe, hundreds of hours of footage of the character, uh, of the lead character, uh, the actor playing the lead character from the Rules of Attraction, traveling Europe in character the entire time, uh, with arguably a lot of questionable things going on. 
Um, and they made a film of it called Glitterati, which is one of those films that exists but has never been shown anywhere bar like one or two special things at special events at the time. And it's, I've always been very intrigued to see what the hell that actually consists of to go completely off topic. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, were you talk, did you mention a TV pilot oh, or something during? No? Right, ah. Let's get into it. Johnny. Sorry. Johnny. Yeah. The LA Confidential was a successful movie. And what happens to all successful movies is they try and make it a TV show. Yeah. Is but this, of is course, this another case of, because remember when we did the Blazing Saddles? Blazing Saddles. Uh, yeah. In this case, it was a pilot that didn't get picked up, but they did show it on TV anyway, because okay. uh, what they did is, I believe it's, if, if it's not the David Strathairn character, it's a version of the David Strathairn character was replaced with uh, Eric Roberts. Okay. Right. So, you know, obviously it's an optic. And uh, they couldn't get Kevin Spacey back for various reasons. So the character, um, who did they get to cast as, the, as uh, Jack Vincenny? Vincenny in this? Can't remember his name properly. Um, oh gosh, this was what like a couple of years before before nine eleven. Who was who was free on t- to do TV? Who's been he'd done films before, but he was looking to do some TV and maybe he wanted to do something where he's in Los Angeles and maybe running around doing stuff dealing with criminals in Los Angeles and you know we certainly probably spend I don't know most of the noughties running around Los Angeles dealing with I don't know terrorists or something who, who would who would they cast Johnny can I can I guess oh yeah um, please. Um, please was it Liza Tarbuck <laughs> it wasn't uh it wasn't my my Disney princess is it your the, Disney princess Jack, Jack Bauer it's not Jack Bauer that's not that's not an actor that's a that's a CTU agent <laughs> Shame. Is it Kiefer Sutherland? Is it Kiefer Sutherland? Yes, it's Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> oh my god. LA Confidential, the TV pilot is Kiefer Sutherland. I watched it because it's on the Blu-ray of the LA Confidential thing. I watched it in preparation because I I saw it once and thought this is terrible. And I had to watch it again and uh, you know what? Still terrible. <laughs> it also um, has um, uh, uh, Josh Hopkins from Cougar Town in it. Wow. Which is exciting um, for me because I love Cougar Town. I mean, I kind of want to watch it now because... Kiefer, isn't it? I, yes. Although saying that, I didn't watch the um, the series Touch. he did for. What was the the series he did for that app that I had like two weeks on and oh, I gave Quibi. it to you? Sorry, Quibi. Yeah. Did he do a Quibi? Holy shit! Did, 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 is there is there a Quibi? A, a Quibi. That's a K I E U I B I. Yeah, he did a Quibi show, didn't he? Um, uh, it was based on an old film. With, uh, it was an old uh, uh, Han Solo. What's his name? Old <laughs> um, Nelnreich. No, <laughs> the other one. Um, <laughs> now that I would, I would see that. Um, no, oh, this is gonna bug me now. I, I'm gonna look this up. You two talk. <laughs> well, um, uh, I am gonna put this out there. I'm going to put this out there now, assuming it hasn't already been used for a podcast. But if you guys do ever get round to potentially doing a 24-hour um, as a TV series watch-along podcast, Jack Bauer Power Hour. Yes. There you go. Yes, we need to we need to do a, a 24 series. Who is the um, one? <laughs> all of us. Oh us as 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 a. Collection okay. as, 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 a, as a society, yes. Oh, oh wait, do, do, oh, John, Johnny, do we live in a society? <laughs> if if you guys did it, I would, um, I, I will say right now, I will happily come on as a regular. 
uh, to uh, to keep 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 you guys going regular every race. week. Yeah. Okay. With, with, yeah. Yeah. I would. <laughs> I would. Um, um, the fugitive. Coffee. That was the show on uh, on Quibi. The producers. The fugitive. Yeah. Oh. Jesus Christ. I mean, the producers would have been a perfect thing for <laughs> I, me to do. It premiered on August uh, 3rd, 2020. Episodes are six to nine minutes long. I Wait, gave you my hold a second. Account. The episodes aren't more than seven, eight minutes long. Are you I kidding know, me? Crazy. Quibi? Yeah. That's, that's ridiculous. Never thought that would happen. I gave so you just... my uh, my Quibi account, though, Andrew, and I thought you kind of powered through everything on Quibi before it... <laughs> it yeah, I watched uh, all of Reno 911. I did uh, the Paul Appel show. And I watched all of the uh, thingy jiggy one. Um, what's it call it? Hello America. Hello. <laughs> um, well, a couple of things just to elaborate very quickly. Um, the, the fugitive, the fact that there was already a television series, um, uh, you know, that that ran um quite a long time, 120 episodes. In fact, Ooh, it's a lot of running. Did he ever get caught? Um. Well, I think because he was he was after um, the one armed man, so you know he was he was running about it, you know. But um, also, I didn't know until very recently that that the fugitive, the film, technically has the sequel, uh, which is U.S. Marshals, which is Tommy Lee Jones reprising no, his play. That's not that's not that's what it's called. No, it's called Us Marshals. <laughs> it's Tommy Lee ah. Jones and Robert Downey Jr. They hang out and they talk about us. Marshals? Can you believe it? <laughs> I've I've gone into a uh, a Wikipedia rabbit hole now, and I'm on the uh, the fugitive Wikipedia page for the TV series. Yeah, there what? are 14 episodes. Two of them have a little a one sentence synopsis, and uh, the Man others won't. don't. Man um, almost gets caught. <laughs> episodes include uh, when Mike met Clay um, again. Hunted becomes the hunter. Um, changing direction. <laughs> Which is episode twelve? Um, when Mike met Colin is episode thirteen, and how it all ends is episode fourteen. And how it all ends is um, <laughs> with the end of Quibi as a whole. So, look, if this was a, a an hour long show in America, so like we're talking forty to forty five minutes, one episode. <laughs> yeah, for one episode. Are we talking maybe there's two episodes here? Oh, uh, fourteen episodes. Yeah, probably doesn't say the length of each episode. So no, but we're assuming. Yeah, you know, six seven minutes each. Yeah. An act break, really. We're going up to an act break each time. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing two episodes of a TV show. Yeah. Why did they think Quibi was going to be a thing? Um, because it's the guy who thought Shrek was going to be a thing. <laughs> I, I can't find I can't find the wiki page for the Quibi version of the Fugitive. I can only find the one where they tried to remake it into a television series in the year two thousand. Oh, I've uh, got the Fugitive brackets twenty twenty TV series. Oh, I've got Fugitive Brackets 2000 TV series. Andrew, what have you got? Um, I've got the Fugitive on my brain, but it's the movie version, and I'm thinking, gosh. I've got the Fugitive prequel series where he's, just, where he's just sitting around reading the paper and everything's fine. <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't, nothing's happened yet, so it's just Kimble like... Dr. Kimball, MD. Just at home, yeah. It was murder! <laughs> you, you're taking... You're taking... You've taken my... my why I don't understand why everyone's gonna go and kill my wife like because there's this one armed man over here who's coming over here and going to take my wife down and I don't know what to do. don't don't look at me don't look at me like I never would have thought we would have taken me daughter I never you take you take my daughter I'm gonna hunt you 
I'm gonna hunt you down and disrespect my daughter and disrespect my family. Don't you don't even, my daughter was, she was she was having a nice day in Biker Grove and I can they've gone and they've gone and taken her down to Paris and now I think she's going into human trafficking like I, and I don't know if my, my friend <laughs> from Wales is safe. I never would have guessed this for um for our LA confidential episode. Los Angeles in the 1940s was kind of like a melting pot. Everyone was coming over to uh, try and get the, have their chance of being on the silver screen. So you know you had people from all all, all walks of life, from you know Geordie Land to Scouse Land. It's Merseyside to the time. <laughs> well, I'm going to quickly interject uh, just to say that um, anyone who uh, has seen LA Confidential who is interested in exploring Los Angeles um, and seeing potentially some of the places. Um, we 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 also uh, mentioned this earlier, but the Frolic Room, for example, where they go and um, uh, arguably a comedic scene where they uh, go and confront the real Lana Turner by mistake and uh, the, there's the old um, uh, drink being thrown in the face kind of situation. Um, that That's... Uh, it's only the same on the outside. It's very different. If you're going to go to one bar that featured in LA Confidential, uh, go to Bordner's, which is also featured in Ed Wood uh, in an iconic scene um, where um, uh, where Ed Wood, played by Johnny Depp, is um, in conversation with um, uh, Leave Schreiber's back. <laughs> well, we see the back of Leave Schreiber um, playing Orson Welles. Um, I believe it's Leave Schreiber. It's Vincent Zanofia. Oh, it's Vincent D'Onofrio. Sorry, my apologies, but it's and the voice, his of voice... The March. There you go. Who, why am I thinking Lee Schreiber? He did. He has an awesome. He has played Awesome Worlds and something. I think. Has he? Hasn't he? Oh, I've got to look up this. He should have. Lee Schreiber. I feel like play? he should have. Hold on a second. Are you getting uh, Awesome Worlds confused as I do with Ray Donovan? <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> the ah, the fighting ring. Um, ah. Dealing with closing up problems with my yeah. barber, Sean Voice. I, I started watching Ray Donovan. I got about two seasons in and then I. RKO looked... 281, 1999 TV movie. There we go. There we go. There was a connection. But, um, uh, but yeah, and I, I was, I was, um, yeah, I, I, I looked. Sort of, I, I started watching Ray Donovan, and I think I think I drew the line at having to watch John Voight dance to "Now That We've Found Love." What are we going to do at a nightclub um, uh, off his face um, and not pulling it off particularly well? Do you work um, the stand uh, for Dash Meathock? <laughs> um, well, it was between that or Elliot Gould having like um, kind of weird, weird moments. Um, I, by that you mean you watching Mulaney? Mulaney. Um well actually uh, Elliot Gould's a good segue if we're talking I mean you know if we're if I you know if I said to if you if, if anyone said to me oh I like LA Confidential I like the film I like that kind of vibe I like that <laughs> setting I would turn around and say um uh The Long Goodbye uh Robert Altman yep who also direct, directed a film called Nashville yep yeah, um, I don't know if we've ever done an episode of a film called Nashville <laughs> or I don't know if we've ever done an episode on a film called A Prairie Home Companion which we then discovered was a cancelable movie still there a damn good go. soundtrack well if you ever if you that ever counts. go if you ever dip your dip your uh, fists uh, violently back into the ultimate well uh, consider me on board for The Long Goodbye and I'll tell Popeye. you something uh, and yeah, a player I, I'd be interested in doing Popeye I've never managed to finish off Popeye and uh, I'm never going back to The Long Goodbye <laughs> what about The Player what's your thoughts on The Player I never finished it can't Predator, finish it 
Preto, Preto, I was going to say Preto Monje. Preto Porter? <laughs> Preto Porter. No. Oh my God. Well, do you know, you know the song, na, 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 like the, oh, the Nana song. Yeah. Here comes, here comes the hot stepper. Do you know that song? Nah. 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 Here comes the hot stepper, 1994, I believe. And that's, that was sort of made for the soundtrack. It's essentially, it's the player, but in the fashion world. That's, that's the best way to describe it. That's called the Devil Wears Prada. Ah, well. Well, yes, but did the Devil Wears Prada include loads of well-known models going onto the catwalk I, I don't feel like I'm spoiling no, it that's Zoolander yeah, yeah, you sound like if it's Zoolander or if it's murder it's Zoolander number two I never watched Justin Z- Bieber gets shot up to pieces I don't want to watch Zoolander two. <laughs> no it's Zoolander number two you know I'd... with um, Fred Armisen and uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, oh well, is that uh, Hubert Cumberdink I, I found Keith Sutherland yeah, that's true, but keep us and season Sarandon in a uh, orgy love triangle. Well, it's, <laughs> that's it's a like, weird story. It's like Anchorman. I watched Anchorman 2, and you know what? I preferred Anchorman 1.5. The, I like that. I thought it was good. I thought that was no, a I'm whole... just saying, that's what it's called. Wake up, Ron Burgundy. It is. And I lent it to someone. <laughs> never got it back, so I haven't seen it for ages, but it was good. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I... Um, uh, <laughs> yes, The Long Goodbye. Um... Uh, I would. Pat. There's topless people next door. It's and it's it's uh, it's a classic um, story that's been adapted for a Los Angeles 1970s setting um, when it was originally New York, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it was. Uh... Actually, no, it wasn't. What am I talking about? It seems like I... It's still LA. Um. What am I thinking of? Ah, the French. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You're thinking of Paul Masson. It was like sorry. It was Los Angeles, but there was something about different about the setting. I can't remember what it, it was. was anyway, that was it. It was the time. It wasn't the location. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Raymond Chandler was, you know, doing the old school. It was Bogey. Bogey was doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in 1973. No, no, no. Bogey was doing Chandler. Oh, kinky. Bing. I know, right? <laughs> Could this be any kinkier? Uh, well, Humphrey Bogart died um, uh, uh, about oh, 16 years. Um, yeah, he was 58. He was youngish and 57. people were still coming over and he didn't want people to see him sick. And it was really sad. And, uh, he was a good actor. Yeah, he was 57 years old. Don't smoke um, is the uh, lesson here, by the way. Now, I, I used to get... Uh, I don't smoke. Good. Good. That's what uh, I'm just yeah. saying. In general, don't smoke is the good lesson because of bogey. Um, yeah, don't definitely don't smoke pokies. And also, <laughs> don't speak. I believe is a lesson I know from uh, Gwen Stefani, no doubt. Well, I'm currently on. I'm currently on day fifty-five of being nicotine-free, and as someone who has more or less been on a smoking uh, since they were about eighteen, I can strongly recommend. And my, you know, my public service announcement is stick to alcohol. Um. <laughs> I've been nicotine free for I can't count how many days, and uh, you know what? Where's my award? Yeah. Well, I didn't ask for an award. No, no, I'm just I'm, no, I'm genuinely asking. Where's my award? I know Tom Cruise gave his Golden Globes back. Can I have one of those? <laughs> I can I can I can shave off the Golden Globe part and put it, you know, like a special person is cool award. Andrew Jones. I feel like I deserve a special person is cool award. Is this I, cool? Uh... Is this cool? <laughs> 
this. I was never a smoker. Um, energy, energy drinks were my vice. Remember, remember the days when we used to open reopening a can of energy drink? Yeah, we stopped that after episode Bring 200. that back. No, Bring that we, back. I think we nailed 200 episodes of that. <laughs> Fun times. Oh, do you remember Hooch? Um, Hooch is crazy. <laughs> you got the Hooch? Bergeron. Here comes the hot stepper. Bergeron. <laughs> Bergerac. Um, he's a Scottish detective. Bergerac. <laughs> he's broken his back. Um, then he's taken some crack. Um, but no, the... Uh, yeah, so LA Confidential. Uh, that was a good film, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Johnny, yes. are, you, are you mad that you watched LA Confidential? <laughs> um, yeah, I no, no, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I watched it. Are you movie mad for LA Confidential? I am. I um, I can't believe I, I don't. I mustn't have looked at the screen when it was on last time when I was at my friends. Yeah, you were just too busy. Like, ah, oh, Guy Pearce, he's doing something Australian. I don't need to watch this film. But yeah, know. this is um. I think this will be um one I go back to every few years. To be honest. Yay! Yeah. So I am movie mad. Yeah, there we go, and George. We did it. We uh, turned well, it around. Congratulations. Good. Well, well done. Uh, well, I, th- I think I think it was your I think it was your tease of a Keith Sutherland spinoff. Uh, yes. Might have, might have sold. <laughs> one episode pilot spinoff. I don't think that's a good tease. <laughs> Dangling that that carrot of Keith. Um, <laughs> Keith, yeah, Keith, I love Keith's Keith, carrot. <laughs> Keith, Keith of Carrotland. Um, but no, the um, hello, my name's Keith of Sutherland. I have a, uh, George, a carrot George. warehouse. Uh, George, where can we find you? Um, where Just can you find me? <laughs> yeah, I'll find you. Uh, no, um, so I'm um, pod. Wait, <clears throat> okay, sorry, I didn't mean to go <clears throat> down the phone. Uh, micro. Um, anyway, sorry. Um, Okay, I'll do a clean version of that. No, no. Where can we find you? Come on. No, we like our episodes, Messi. I currently run a podcast network called Podnose, P-O-D-N-O-S-E, uh, podnose.www.podnose.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Podnose. You can follow me personally if you choose to. It's at Grim Word, G-R-I-M for mother, W-O-R-D. Grim word, not grim world, uh, as um, people repeatedly refer to me when I um, follow them on Twitch. Uh, speaking of Twitch, uh, you'll also be able to find me on twitch.tv forward slash grim word. Uh, one word, but I know I've just said it. I know I said it in two separate words in that way, but it's grim word, G R I M W O R D. Um, and um, Podnose also happens to be the uh, curator of uh, numerous uh, uh, wonderful shows such as. Uh, are you move me? Are you movie mad? Uh, backstage at the Bluebird. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Now that one sounds like a wonderful show. Uh, I That's think there for sure, and I, I think there's even one about Entourage on there somewhere. Um, oh, um, is that a yeah about Eleanor? An all-encompassing look at HBO's hit comedy Entourage by Bros for Bros, which I'm currently listening to myself and finding it very funny. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Um uh yeah I think you should I think you should um I think you should I think you should uh, debate about potentially uh, re- re- recording a new a commentary over the Entourage podcast and call it oh no and it's you kind of dissecting Entourage again 
but like from like a retrospective like years later if but i can then... find my co-host he's disappeared there you go missing an mia oh no um but oh, bro. To, uh, bro oh bros if i'm former i i now i do i do have uh, a question for both both of you actually um if um if, if you were if you were watching ali confidential um for the first time completely as in this was a a, a clean watch um yeah. and uh, you came from it thinking Oh, I, I, I like that vibe. I like, I like the uh, sort of film noir. I like detective. I like the, you know, that kind of genre of film. Um, what, what other film have you seen that you would, or, or what film would you recommend as a, as an extension of exploring the worlds of sort of LA confidential or, or, or a film that's similar that, that you'd, you'd suggest about um, investigating, for example? I'd go for Brian De Palma's The Black Dahlia because that'll put you off from watching any of the <laughs> other ones. I'd go As for in... that one episode with Keith Sutherland. <laughs> Enough times so that it turns into a two-hour film. <laughs> so, so one and a half time. Two and a yeah. half time. Yeah. Um, so just to clarify, The Black Dahlia, is it because that's really bad and that's yes, it? Or is... Yes, I watched it again over lockdown. It sucks. It's a great cast. Oh. It's a great looking film. It's terrible. I mean, I was hoping, I was hoping for like a recommendation for me. Oh, we don't uh... do recommendations. We do bits. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm going to go off and watch Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Mine was a full-on recommendation. Watch the uh, Keith Sutherland episode. And if you if you want more, um, there are eight seasons um, and two mini-series of 24 that are worth watching. Coming soon, the Jack, Power, Jack Bauer Power Hour to Podnos um, uh, with all of us on board. Yep. Hosted by Andrew Jones and Jonathan Ellis. Jonathan. Okay. Johnny. And George Grimwood. And George Grimwood. Until next week, where can we find you, Andrew? Oh, I'm on Twitter at Ethan Runt. I'm on letterbox.com uh, letterbox slash Ethan Runt. That's about it for me. There's nothing important for me. Where can we find you, Johnny? I'm at uh, Twitter on movie underscore mad and Instagram at movie underscore mad. Um, letterboxd is just movie mad, doesn't it? I have to ask you every time. because yep, there's no underscore for you on Letterbox. Yep. yep. I did, I, every few months, and this happened the other day, I double-checked to see if I could take the Movie Mad Twitter handle. But Get still, rid of underscore? I, yeah. No? No chance? There's, there doesn't seem to be a chance at all, ever. Despite oh the original Movie Mad handle being um, like, this user, yeah, this user does not exist or whatever. Right, so I guess what we have to say is if we can uh, find Twitter, we can go to Twitter and say, hey, you're cancelled, because fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. If there's anything you go away with this this episode, it's fucked Twitter. Yeah, I don't like Twitter either. I I don't like Twitter either. But how do you feel about um Kevin Spacey? Problematic. Problematic. How do you feel about James Cromwell? James Cromwell. Oh well, we didn't even talk about James Cromwell. We didn't have time to talk about James Cromwell. You know what? James Cromwell's great. David Strathairn's great. I like those people. Yeah, and I like the way that how he how he how he puts down all fellow actors in all of his films, either either by shooting them or smothering them with a pillow and going, "That'll do, pig." I can't believe he does that at the end of Bay Pig in the City. That's weird. That's why there wasn't a third one yet. <laughs> yeah, but they'll get Jeffrey Combs to resurrect. They'll get hey. Jeffrey Jones to resurrect his career. Oh, jeez. Well, hey. If you're talking about Kevin Spacey, why not go to Jeffrey Jones? Well, Dead Deadwood is a whole other conversation. Yes, and you weren't there for it. 
<laughs> I, I want we did try and have you on the episode mm, but it, i mean well dead deadwood is a beautiful beautiful thing yes um, remember johnny so... remember when we watched that oh yeah yep you had to sit through the whole show you didn't like it yep <gasps> he liked the right. film i got him to like i like the film i like the film and i i'll probably go back to um the show eventually once well, i've anyway, all the other shows we... i need to watch johnny, johnny <laughs> next week what are we up to what are we up to next week? Next week, um, it's, it's, it's June next week. What's happening in June? Is there something special coming out in June we're celebrating? I mean... Yeah, just June. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, next... I, I, I keep forgetting it's that it's... I keep thinking it's going to be July, but it's June, isn't it? It's June. It's June. We're going to, you know, it's, it's too damn hot. We're going in the heights. It's, it's in the heights month. It's in I the can't wait. So uh, that means it's musical month. We're another musical month every year now. Musical month. It is every year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We keep the tempo. So <laughs> we're going to push the tempo next week with a musical spoiler alert. So thanks for listening. And George, thanks for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. See you next week, everybody. See you next week. Are You Movie Mad is part of the Podnose Network the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network, produced and edited by Andrew Jones, executive producer George Grimwood. To find out more about Podnose's network, go to www.podnose.com.